Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by Union Digital Bank a fully digital bank with a mission to empower every Filipino everywhere by providing easy access to digital financial services for consumers and businesses. Union Digital Bank partners with startups to co-create financial products to meet the needs of their customers. Contact Union Digital Bank to explore how they can power your platform with embedded financial services. For more information about Union Digital Bank, please see their website at www.uniondigitalbank.io. Stay updated by following them on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Also by Shoppable Business, your number one source for procuring products for your business in the Philippines. Discover authentic branded products online. Shop bulk, save big, and secure authentic products with official sales invoices at Shoppable Business today. To sum it up, it's really about understanding the client's problem or need before you get to code it and solve it. That's where I was able to put these things together so you have a better output you know, rather than just coding it and then launch it and eventually it didn't work. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beitiong. Welcome to this episode of the Share Podcast. We are going to the dirty, dirty south in Mindanao. And again, um, 
if you guys don't know it, okay, I'll just say my bias. Of course, I've been trying to document the whole ecosystem of Hustle Share. And of course, the overarching reason why I create Hustle Share and when I feature founders here is not to boost my ego, okay? It's not about that. Because if it was just me, I would just chill and rest from my founder life as well. The reason why I do what I do, more than paying it for it, obviously, that's the overarching method uh, of, of why I do it, is because I want to highlight homegrown local founders. Okay? Now, here's the thing for those people that reach out randomly to me. As much as I want to accommodate everyone, what I look for in every single founder is a story of, of hustle, struggle, and triumph. Okay? So, if, if you go, come to me and you're literally uh, starting out lang, you know, I'd love to have a really good story to tell. Eh? So, it's not a not, it's not a never, most of the time, it's not yet. So please come back. It's never and again apologies in, in in doing that. But why the hell am I saying this? Because this guy has already earned it. Okay, and he's been doing an amazing job hustling and growing his startup consistently at a very fast pace, and still do one thing that a lot of startups are not able to do in this country, which is become profitable in the process. So without further ado, let's welcome to the show. Mr. JVPL of Wella. Hi, Ron. Good evening. JV. Oh, I call you JV. I was like, why do I, how do I call you Bajan <laughs> or Vincent or JV? But again, let's right. be cool sure. and call you JV. JV, been a big fan. I've been hearing a lot of good things about you from the Kubo peeps. Shout out Shor Macalbe, who told, uh, told me that, yeah, you know what? You should learn about the startup. Wella School Systems. Like, what do they do? I, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've heard about you, but I haven't really done a deep dive. And I need to do a better job doing that. But, you know, you got to look at these guys. They're, 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 they're growing super fast and they stay profitable. Like, what? That's rare. All the startups that you, you admire to be, that you admire that, oh my God, they re- re- raised $400,000, $5 million, whatever. They do that because they either need to survive or they need to scale. But there, there's very few of them that are profitable. And you guys have done it. But before I get carried away, I need to ask you the million-dollar question. JV, what's your hustle? Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm John Vincent or JV. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Wellesco System. So I'll tell you a brief story of our startup. Mm-hmm. So we started here in our hometown, uh, Cagandior City in Mindanao. So we co-founded this together with my brother. So uh, trivia, uh, we have, I think, uh, 15 years of a gap of age. Whoa, who's the, <laughs> so who's he's my, Yeah, my brother. Wow, my, so it's your cool, my, yeah. The, yeah. So he's been, uh, been my mentor as well uh, since I've gone into this startup space. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, moving forward to our startup now. Again, it started here in hometown. So my brother was approached by this school, mm-hmm. whose the teacher was his friend. It's a basic education school, K twelve right. school. So Chinese school. So he was asked whether he can uh, do this for them. Mm-hmm. So they said that they have tried so many solutions, but it doesn't seem to work for them. And then my brother told me, because I, I was doing a different startup that time, doing some game development. Mm. Uh, didn't work out for me. <laughs> so, uh, okay, I I was doing that for two years and I, 
I was asked my mother to join this new venture. I was like, okay, uh, let's try it. So their problem was they have so many steps that are very manual to prepare the grades mm. of the students. And it takes a lot of time for teachers to do so. That's why they're always that, mad because uh, they don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They so, lash it out on the students because they don't have time for chismes. They don't have time for their kids <laughs> to make love to their to their significant other. Right? I'm just kidding. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because yeah, that's actually true, right? It consumes a lot of their time. Yeah. They do overtime, they do the grades at night. Mm. And yeah, that's that's a problem we, we started to solve. Mm. We told the school, okay, we'll we will do this to you for free. What? For three months. And yeah <laughs> so there were three early adopters so we told them so that's one school right and then we we also tried to ask other schools if this is a common problem so we got like three early adopters and they said yeah that's the same problem okay, okay. So, so we made it so we told the three schools that uh we're gonna provide it for free for three months for three quarters so they like they said okay are you sure uh, yeah um okay maybe you can just pay us if we really solve your problem after three months. Nice. And it uh, depends on you how, how much you will price it, the value that you're getting. Mm. So fortunately, uh, it was a success. So it took them previously, it takes them two weeks on average to prepare these grades for each uh, student. Each student? Uh, with, oh my God. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so with us, uh, we were able to do it like in a day. What? So that's amazing. As far as that, we were able to release the grades uh, on time and as easy as that. And then mm -hmm. uh, from three early adopters, okay. Now we have uh, three hundred plus private schools all over the Philippines. That's and amazing. We are also trying to get to the Indonesian market. There you go. This year as well. That is amazing. So, yeah. All right. Now, before we dissect how you got, you went from one school to three hundred. Again, I, I love how you you set the premise of what you guys do. Again, basically helping teachers. Uh, again, automate a lot of the, what the, what they do manually uh, to to give them time back so that they don't lash out on their students. So thank 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 JV for that. If you have a healthy teacher student relationship, <laughs> it's because they are using Wella in their school. Just kidding. But bro, I need you to buckle up real quick because before we talk about what you did and how you guys stay profitable and all these metrics that I want to find out and I'm pretty sure a lot of our listeners also want to find out, I need you to buckle up because we're going to have to ride the Hustle Share Time Machine. Okay, we're in Lagadingan Airport uh, to pick you up <laughs> right there. So again, I, I want to I understand. You, you mentioned at the end, uh, prior to that, you said you were doing to game that but i want to go further back what was growing up like uh two things i want to find out what was your first exposure to hustling because again you said you had a role model in your kuya your mentor 15 15 years having someone to look up to is always a plus right uh to, yeah. to, to at least replicate and emulate right but other than that what were the first exposures that you had to hustle and what was the premise of life in CDO back then because again what people don't understand especially in the provinces it's very different than what what you're dealt with in, in Manila right and yeah. that sometimes yeah. that what we actually want to bridge is um, there's this notion okay and I'm, I, I have a bit of both worlds 
my 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 roots come from Northern Samar, right? Oh. And I speak fluent Tolai, <laughs> right? Well, that not because I grew up there, but it's because when I get scolded at home, it's in fluent Tolai. So <laughs> <laughs> that's why. Okay, when you get scolded in fluent Tolai, you start to understand everything with feelings. Okay, no, but what the notion is with Manilenios always is their hambog, right? Hey, Manilenio, hambog, right? Right? There's a certain <laughs> yabang or arrogance that uh, Manilenios come. And majority of the time, not not majority of the time, sometimes it's all just air, no bite. In the provinces, man, sometimes they're super qualified, but they have they they feel like they're the imposter syndrome kicks in, right? And whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I want to understand right. that from your point of view first. The, the origin story of a JV fail. Because dude, you you're killing it, right? You're trying to expand <laughs> profitably. Not a lot of people can say that. But what was growing up like and who was your role model in hustling? I think uh, I started off with my parents because they're really into business mm. since uh, I was born. Okay. What was their business? A lot. They've been to like a milling business, okay. to bakery, oh, wow. to um, what do you call this? Uh, uh, someone similar to A1, something like that. They're ah, excelling. Okay. Yeah. And then we got into uh, internet cafe chains. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, internet cafe chain was uh, passed passed down to me for for me to manage. Nice. So yeah. Uh, right after college, I didn't have any corporate background, mm-hmm. so I didn't had. What did you take experience. up? In college. Um, computer science. Ah, so you're a dev, really, com- computer. Yes. Oh, you're a geek. <laughs> okay. Very nice. All yeah. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, I took up computer science and then right after that, I managed our internet shop or cafe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think uh, I have a sense of like how to manage mm-hmm. cash, cash flow in coming uh, from how my father or mother was able to do it for how many years as well. And then here's my brother uh, who's really into tech. Mm-hmm. He actually had a lot of products already before but he's just uh, I think he had no somebody to partner with okay. <laughs> to really get further uh-huh. and then he kept on inviting me since college like hey John um, this is what we call the startup mm. blah 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 and I was like what is that <laughs> so right after college as well he said because in that time CDO okay. was zero knowledge on startups what year was this that was in 2000, I think, 16, 15. Oh, yep, yep not much yet. It's here, it's so, just blossoming. Yeah. So he said, uh, I know someone in Cebu. Miss Tin, Tin Humber. <laughs> Tina, shout out. Uh, yeah. Go on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, they had these sessions in Cebu. Yeah. Okay. Tech talks. I'll, I'll give you a free ticket, accommodation like that. Come with me. So, so you understand what are these things. And then from there, it uh, sparked my curiosity. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, I think this is great. Very risky, but <laughs> something to you know to look into. Yeah. And then, yeah, it it started from there. And then my brother was the one who initiated the first startup weekend in CDO. Oh, wow! Yeah, together with some friends, okay. he's the one who organized it. I think he's really an evangelist. Uh, that time. Okay. In our community here in 
Kagendioro. Uh, and I was one, the fortunate one to be, you know, imparted with such knowledge. Okay, sounds good. So I, I want to do, do a deep dive on a couple of things. So again, again, you have your Guya, your role model who's been t- into tech. But you marry that with a business savvy that you learned at home from your parents. But what were these yeah. principles? Because sometimes that's what it is. It's not, especially about money, right? A lot of first-time founders, if they get lucky to be found funded, okay, we <laughs> we get the funding. And I was a victim of this too. Like shit. Okay, what am I supposed to? You're, you've never yeah. touched a million, two million in your life. That's something that. From a from yeah. a provincial background, again, I I come. To, this is things that you just say that hey, I want to be a millionaire, but you don't want you get there, right. and you're not prepared to hold that cash. Nine times out of ten, you're probably gonna blow it. What was that like? Especially yeah. that you were inherit you inherited not cash but a business that you had to run profitably. Whatever you learned mm-hmm. there for sure stuck around. But what were those principles? Okay, what I can say is is three. Okay. So first thing first is. Like what you mentioned, you know, it's not just all about money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing is the service or product or the quality that you're giving. When you make somebody happy, for sure, they're willing to give something in exchange. Yeah. Money. So that's one. Mm-hmm. Number two is that you need to really think of sustainability. How you can really, you know, go through this. Not just about surviving. But also think about how you can expand it sooner or later. Correct. And because that leads to number three, you always need to think about there's just will be somebody who's going to be better than you. So, you know, you need to be prepared. So to plan also to think about what's next. So that's these are things that um, that I've been carrying until now, which I believe that help pushed well as well. Yeah, and that's good because at the end of the day, you know, a lot of the a lot of us first-time founders who never had exposure, these are the things you learn for yourself and it's not easy. It's going to be very expensive, painful in the process, but if you had those foundations, it stuck it sticks with you, eh? right? It 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 becomes like an instinct that you just go to every time that when when you're always thinking right. about those things because it was entrenched with you. Okay, now you go through startup weekend and whatnot. But before uh your your kuya Told you to you know, join them in the startup ecosystem in 2014-2015. I'm looking. I'm literally looking at your LinkedIn. You also did some hustles, also, right? So you've been a tech support intern in PLDT, and you were a Java developer. So I'm trying to establish here the skill stack. So you're a dev, but with a business background. When you marry those two, yeah. magic happens. Because sometimes, actually, no, majority of the time, those are polar opposites. Those that's a dichotomy. It's either your tech with no business background or business with no tech background. And majority of the time in a traditional startup, this is where these two fight. <laughs> They're always in the polar opposites of what that is. So with this business background, when then you become a junior Java developer. What was that experience like working as a dev and what were the skill stacks you developed uh, when, when you started devving? Oh, yeah. I got to learn, like I mentioned uh, a while ago, right? I hadn't really have a formal like employed to a corporate company when i was doing a freelance job Mm -hmm. or outsource projects it had me an opportunity to work with other startups abroad as well like uh learn the culture culture you know learn all this like daily scrum you know project management you know these are free free things that you can get 
from others as well Correct. while you're getting paid. So it's free training. These are yeah, basic skills that you can learn while you're getting paid and you can carry on to your next uh venture. So uh I'm a kind of person like I really want to continuously learn. So I'm I'm not like because I'm I'm just a dev, I'll stick with them. Mm. I want to learn, I'm curious about things with even other stuff, like even basic accounting. Yeah. For just for me to know. Uh, I don't need to be really an expert to that because uh, you can have somebody to work with you. At least with that, you you can learn the basic language for you to properly communicate with your team members later on. Yep. And that, that's that's vital in literally starting things out. It's just if you're constantly thirsting to learn. And entrepreneurship is a game of learning and problem solving. There's no playbook. You, you, you just have a problem and you, you don't even yeah. have the tools. Figure it out. Right. And there's no guarantee yeah. for success. Now, I want to understand a couple of things on the dev dev um, hustle here. What did that teach you? Because again, it's similar in nature, problem solving in business and problem solving in dev. But the difference is you're churning out product and writing it and, and solving it in code. What did you establish yeah. as, as, as soft skills and hard skills? Because I'm looking at your uh, stack here, you became a senior Python developer. Uh, next ERP, next consultant, lead game developer. Again, decent. You do Python, C, ERP, JavaScript, JavaScript, HTML, Jinja, game development. That's a shit ton <laughs> of uh, really good um, stacks. But what did you discover about yourself and develop through these years becoming a dev? To sum it up, it's really about understanding the client's problem or need before you get to you know code it. And the business case. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's where I was able to put these things together. So you have a better output, you know, rather than just, you know, coding it and then launch it. And eventually it it didn't work. Correct. So I was able to figure it out that, okay, basically what I'm saying is it's about design thinking, right? (laughs) You know, uh, understanding really the need uh, to empathize with your um, customer or your you know client. No, and that's where those three principles that you've learned l- l- growing up come in, you know, adding value, getting paid for it, you know, yeah. um, and then all these principles that you've learned. And now you, you marry those two because sometimes again, one of the biggest mistakes startup founders make, regardless of where you are, is building something that nobody wants, right? You yeah. built so much exactly. product, you spent so much time, money and effort. Um, to build something nobody wants. But at the end of the day, it's really understanding the business case. What's the problem we're trying to solve? And what's the minimum viable product that you've done? So, okay, last question before we take our first break. So when you got into Tina Amper's world, you went to Cebu, all right? You're pro- you probably did it in IT part because um, that's the place to be when, for, for all these things. And then when also, when you guys did the first startup weekend in, in CDO, what was the... Epiphany, what did that open up in your perspective? And by then, were you already doing well? Huh? Not or not yet? Not yet. Okay. Not so yet. what did that open up for you? Okay. Um, one thing is that you were able to talk with other founders, CEOs, like, oh, um, this is possible, right? To, you know, to talk with these brilliant minds with other, from other uh, country or even from other city. Yeah. So that's one thing that I've um, learned that, 
oh, this is possible. Like, there's a bigger world out there that you can actually get an opportunity or make an opportunity out of it. Mm. So that's uh, one thing that I've seen. And number two is for you to be able to collaborate actually with other people to exchange ideas, to uh, trade your skills, to be able to make something. And that is possible. Uh, I didn't know that because, you know, I was just here in our hometown and I, mm-hmm. and um, I have a limited network. And with this kind of events, uh, it made possible to connect with other people. That's correct. And that's sometimes, that's actually, again, I'll just share this. The overall goal I really want to turn Hustle Share to is provide people like you access. Because again, you're, you're, uh, you're now an outlier. Even though you're a success, there are a vast majority that still probably is just like you. Like, hey, what's out there? Do I even have access to this? Blah, blah, blah. Right? And sometimes what you just need to see is, hey, it is possible that I can actually do this pala in the comfort of where I am, but I can do it and dominate 300 schools in the in the Philippines and even take it from it to Indonesia while being in CDO. Right? Because people always think that right. ah, you only can, you have to be in Manila. You have, if Nel Ligo yeah. can do it in Katbalogan and you can do it in CDO, what's stopping us? Right? And sometimes it starts with access to, to plant right. that dream of what's possible. And then the next thing you have to build is competency and confidence. Right? Um, because at the end of the day, you have, you have that access, but you yourself, you won't believe that, ah, I can actually, I'm, I'm the one that can actually get this done then it's nothing. Now, well, that's what I want to discuss when we come back. How did you then turn that access and inspiration into action? But well, let's talk about that more after the break. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Hustlers. Have you struggled to find authentic branded products in the Philippines online and offline? I get it. And I have good news for you, Hustlers, because Shoppable Business has got you covered. Shoppable Business is a Filipino-owned marketplace founded right here in the Philippines with a vision to digitize the procurement process, making authentic branded products accessible to everyone. Shoppable Business's goal is to make e-commerce better, build trust, and be more accessible for you. Offering the best prices, faster shipping, top-notch selection, and unmatched product authenticity all at your fingertips. And I personally would vouch for them because we were able to build and assemble our studio in Podcast Network Asia just because of Shoppable. And without them, we would have taken forever to assemble that studio. Because of them, we have a world-class podcast studio. So discover exclusive deals at Shoppable Business today and enjoy 5,000 pesos off with a minimum of 50,000 pesos purchase and 30-day credit terms for buyers. Sellers can also start for free and earn zero commissions on their first 500,000 pesos in sales. So just go to shoppable.ph and mention that you came from HustleShare so you can get the discount. Again, just go to shoppable.ph. Hey, 
Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at PH, the country's biggest SaaS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at sasschallenge.ph. That's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back, Rick. We are still with JV. Yeah, then, uh, then told us how he got inspired. And I hope a lot more founders from all over the Philippines, uh, again, turn up. That's, that's my mission, to help bridge that access. I mean, there's a lot of people that already do that. The TBIs, that's great. But what's missing is access to success. What does that mean? Right? You cannot believe, you cannot turn your own success into fruition if you've never experienced it somewhere else. If you don't have, you haven't seen that, ah, shit, this is how they actually do it. Because you cannot learn it through theory. You have to do it in action, right? And that's what I want to know. So you had access to it. How did you put it into work? Considering that back then, there wasn't any infra yet. So it was harder, right? Because there wasn't any winners yet to look up to. You know, there's uh, the guys from Cebu, you have Tins, which is great. But how did you turn that? And then how, again, how did you told us a bit a bit uh, earlier when you started the episode how that turned into Wella? But how did you go from access into the next steps and lead us to how that turned into Wella? Okay, so yeah, um, I was talking about uh, the network, right? You were able to get when you know joining such. So I was able to use it mm-hmm. because a, I was thinking about okay. Uh, I have this and there are traditional companies that are existing okay. in the Philippines. I was looking at them. Uh, why are they not kind of really growing, you know, fast as like others in other countries? Mm. What lacks there? So one thing for sure is technology. Yes. From there, when you were able to network, like you can, you can ask people, can you like turn on an existing um, I did a product to something scalable, mm. you know, because that's what it is. Like we know all the fact that there's really nothing totally new, right? Nah, there's no <laughs> such is, thing. Just it, we mishmash yeah, right. everything. Come on now. You're not Einstein. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So exactly. So I was looking at this big conglomerates like, okay, they have a traditional business. What if there's a startup that, you know, with the use of technology, but that can scale. So I was just asking people, this is possible like that. And, you know, not all the things that they would say would work to you. Yep. Right. What you can do is pick out the things that you think that might work. Then you try it. So this is the next thing, which is you should do it or execute it. Mm-hmm. 
like what you said earlier, you know, even if you have this network, you join such events, but if you don't do something, mm. <laughs> you know, you'll left out nothing. So just, you know, uh, ended up with nothing. So you need to really work on it. Try it. Try it yourself. You need to experience it. Even fail if you if you need to. And then, you know, it's basically experimenting until such you can get to what you want and prove that this is a viable uh, idea that you can push through. Yeah, and that's true. And to sum it up, the, the, the difference between your idea in, and the, the fruition of your dreams is action, right? That's, yeah. that's the road, right? What are you going to do about it? And it's repetitive in nature. So what did you do? Um, what are the stuff? Again, because when we get inspired and a lot of the traits that I see a lot of entrepreneurs do, they have this certain obsessive role. Right, like oh my god, I'm gonna freaking I'm obsessed and I'm gonna really go deep down in it. I don't care what people say. When I get obsessed yeah. into it, man, uh, a lot of the start, actually all the businesses that I've created always stem from there. You're like oh my god, I got so obsessed, I went on a roll, and then boom, turned it into a business, just like this new one that I created, uh, a pressure washing business called Papa Pressure. <laughs> so if you want your industrial or residential or uh, commercial pressure washing services, please book us at papapressure.com. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Just had to plug. <laughs> but yeah, how, <laughs> did you go into this obsessive streak with what you got ex- to experience? Yeah. What was that like? Yeah, yeah, actually, like, I was like so high. <laughs> I was really obsessed. Legally, yeah, legally like, wow. high. Okay, there yeah, you go. Legally, not mm-hmm. legally, but yeah, uh, this is this leads to my game development journey. Yeah. Because of that, I got so obsessed. Okay. Uh, it took me two years. But I didn't recognize that. <laughs> wow. It's, it's going nowhere. Mm. So I was thinking like, why not there will be like a blizzard in Philippines? Whoa, in the that's day. a dream. You wanted to create a <laughs> so blizzard. Not, right? Okay. So, it's crazy. But that was, I was thinking like, I wanted, uh, would it be possible? So, I did that. And then, yeah, talking about uh, being obsessed, you know, it's good at, at start, but you really need to realize along the way that you need to wake up sometimes mm. and, you know, uh, realize that things that doesn't really work. Mm. It's just that you need to accept mm-hmm. and move forward and do it again. Right. And learn. And again, what I, what I explained earlier that it's like experimenting stuff to try again once you've, you know, failed something. Okay. And that's true. Because uh, the sad part sometimes is that a lot of the founders, they try, of course, and failure is inevitable, guys. Again, if you failed, that's Okay. Right? What what you what's important? I mean, it would yeah. be insensitive to yeah, it's okay, just dust it off. I mean, we all have our, our different healing patterns, but a, a lot of the people that are most fundable are repeat founders. So I want to understand now when you said that you know, the, the the dream was to create a blizzard, and you said sometimes you need a wake-up call. What was that wake-up call? Because sometimes a lot of the founders also what they don't realize is that they're they're already in that path. And the best mm-hmm. way to move forward is to take a step back. Right. right? I've learned this because my first startup failed. The only move that I knew back then was to plow through, forward, forward, forward. Mm-hmm. Until it was a dead end. So it hurt the most. Mm-hmm. Right. For you, when mm-hmm. did you realize that, hey, you know what? 
maybe this isn't the path. And how did you step back? What are those lessons that you learned? It wake up me when I saw my bank account, I only have 500 pesos. <laughs> <laughs> Always the best wake up call, right? <laughs> That's that's like, enough pang okay. eh. most of the time it's zero. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I that's true. I was looking at it. What am I been doing? Am I gonna do this again for the for the third year? Mm. I guess not. Right. So I'd rather like maybe just work. You know, em- uh, I mean, employ, mm-hmm. uh, get employed, or do something else that is lick your wounds. You know, Technically, yeah, sustain me or sustain the, the team itself, right? Yeah. So from there, I was able to, yeah, I, I was able to realize that. And then mm-hmm. I think this is not for me. I have accepted. But one thing is good as well because I've learned that two years process, I've learned things also. I've met people that I was able to connect with when in my next uh, venture or startup. That is amazing. So, but what were those overall learnings? Because again, sometimes, actually, you know, not sometimes, failure is a bitter pill you need to swallow. Okay. It's like a, a, a yeah. pill that you need to, but it's good for your health. Okay. So what were those lessons that you learned that you vowed yeah. that you're not going to repeat again? One thing is that when you, Think of an idea or, you know, you envision something. You don't need, don't get too in love with it too much. Yep. Uh, you need to study, study it first, you know, verify, validate, you know, um, research on it first before you put too much effort, you know, spend a lot of time. You don't need actually a lot of money, time and effort for you to prove something that something is workable yep. and has potential. Uh, this is my opinion. You don't need an, an investment in, at the start. No, it's true. It's not an opinion. That's a fact. Most people think that uh, yeah. you need an investment. Hell no. Yeah, that's what, that's what it is, right? Uh, what people, others think that, okay, I have an idea. I need investment for me to get customers. Nope. Actually, you don't need funding at first to figure a thing that it is workable or it has potential. You know, most people think that, okay, I have an amazing idea. I need to look for funding and to get me customers. Yep. Actually, it's customer first. You need to learn or research your customer first. If there is really a f- even a few who would, you know, lend you some dollars because they like your product. The best way to validate is, okay, will people pay for your shit? That's it. Right. If, if, if people are not going to be willing to pay, then you don't have anything at all. All right. Now, um, you mentioned earlier the, the, the origin story of Wella again. Uh, your kuya taught you that, hey, let's create this. There's a school that needed this. But after you created the product, talk to me about how you did you decide to really make this full-time thing? Or did you do it on the side, Muna, while you're under employment? Right. And how did it pick up traction? Okay. All right. So you actually asked me about my experience as developer right before. Mm. I didn't stop that uh, when I got in, uh, when we got Wella. Mm. So Wella at start for like I've mentioned, we gave it for free, like for three months, Mm. for a quarter. So for us to sustain ourselves, uh, we continued doing outsourcing. So at night, 
uh, I work as a freelance uh, developer or that ERP consultant. <laughs> and at day, I work on Wella. So I do. We do that for us to sustain our daily, you know, daily needs. So we got to the point wherein uh, we we thought that Wella can be, you know, uh, we can take Wella to another level because uh, there was a point wherein after that trial. Mm-hmm. So we, me and my brother talked again. He asked me if, uh, do you think this is a valuable venture that we need to push? Mm-hmm. And or is this just a a project Side hustle. that we can just yeah just give it to the school they pay us one time and then that's it. I told him okay how about we try this? Lend me money to go to Manila. Okay. I'll try to sell our product. Wow. He said, yeah. He said why Manila? There's a lot of you know we smart people in Manila, right? Not all the time. <laughs> <It's very laughs> There's a lot of idiots here too. <laughs> it's a competitive market. Uh, okay, it's competitive market. Yeah. You know, uh, there are a lot of tech startups there or tech uh-huh. people. So I told them if I will, I'm able to sell this product there, mm. even with that environment we're in. There are a lot of you know, let's say uh, again tech enthusiasts yep, already. Yep. I can tell, I can tell to you that we have something. Mm. So fortunate enough, I was able to give uh, my brother or the team contracts nice. uh, schools from Manila. Okay, so that's a very big bet. Huh? That's a very big bet for, for you to, yeah. like, first of all, I mean, you have a bit of a best back, uh, business background, but not a lot of devs can actually go out and you know, without anything, sell out there. The, just the audacity that you had to, to even just like, ah, I'm going to go there. No, no contracts, no contacts whatsoever. And this is where small people are. No, there's a lot of idiots here. Um, you know, you, you come in, but how did you get the contracts that you needed? Because again, it's very compat- competitive as well. It's not like you're the only game in yeah. town. But how were you able to exactly. overcome that doubt? I guess I'm pretty sure doubt creeped in, you know, the exactly. imposter syndrome kicked in. And where did you get <laughs> your contracts and how did you get it? So I didn't have any formal sales background. Okay. I'm not into sales. Exactly. And then but you no. freaking did it. Yeah. Wow. So I used my skills okay. in, you know, programming. So I scraped all the public information in the internet. So I was able to get the you know, email contacts. So I was randomly blasting like, Hey, I have this product. Do you want to set a schedule for a demonstration? Mm. So I can, uh, you know, I'll, I fly there, you know, show the product to you uh, personally. So there was a selected schools that was, you know, that replied to my email amazingly. Okay. So I, I was thinking like, okay, if I was able to email like a thousand contacts, mm-hmm. I am happy if there is 10 that who will reply. And I will be happy if there will be two of them who will sign up. Mm. So I played the numbers game. And fortunately, we were able to close two accounts from NCR in Manila. How many emails did you send? Uh, As I can remember, it was about a thousand emails. Wow, a 2% (laughs) chance. Uh, wait, no, it's not just okay. I'm bad with math, but yeah, you you do the math. Oh my god, you got yeah. two. And who are these two? How did you get how, what was that pitch like? Yeah, um, the two was a 
their international schools. What? And yeah, and then yeah, it, I'd like what like we mentioned, right? Um, especially that I'm coming from the province, mm. <laughs> and then the first thing they will get asked, "Do you have an office here?" Mm. <laughs> so I told them, "We don't have an office, but I can guarantee you a quality service." Mm. And then you just you know, if you don't like it, you can return the product to me, mm. and then pay nothing. So I just wow, I, I was thinking about. Just to build my uh, our credibility, our credentials first. Right. Yeah. So I will just, I promise them that. And then afterwards, you just need to deliver. You know, good things, good karma will come in nice. when you do good things as well. Okay. So when you got that, what were, how big were the ticket sizes? Because <laughs> that matters, right? Um, if Especially if, well, at that point, was your mindset like, all right, I'm going to raise revenue so that we can get funding or... Are you? Is this is where the the three principles of your parents kick in? Like, all right, I'm gonna raise revenue. I'm gonna get revenue so that this is a sustainable growing business. What was that mindset like? Yeah, at that time, it was not about for us to you know get numbers and then eventually get investments. Mm. So that was not in the mind yet. At that time, we just want to aim uh, being sustainable. <laughs> like, it can cover. You know, if if not. Hundred percent, but a little to the founders' needs mm-hmm. for us to, you know, minimize that time that we're rendering in doing outsource or side hustle. Got it. For us to focus more and you know to have better output in the startup. So that was our mindset that time. Mm. What was what was the ticket sizes when you were selling this at that at that point? How much was it? Uh, uh, I think uh, as I can remember, in in a year, it's a million. Whoa, that is amazing. <laughs> Holy shit, those 1,000 emails was truly <laughs> worth it. If you're selling it for a million yeah. pesos, man, and two yeah. million, then you can really afford. So when you get that, uh, you got two million from that trip, you, you can pay your Koya for sure. <laughs> and you can take him too when you come back. So yeah. what 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 was yeah. that uh, like? What did you do with, how did you roll over those profits and how did you scale uh, along the way okay so we have this principle like we really have to retain earnings so year by year so from there we we can then uh think of you know how we can allocate this return earnings in the next year for us to expand further our efforts so that time i was thinking about okay i was to do it about 100 1000 emails right and then i got to so we were uh, spending on tools wherein we can do that efficiently instead of we getting two from thousand emails maybe increase it to five and that's a good result for us already so little by little you know from the money the profit that we get we put it back for us to get tools or help from other professionals for us to get to the next you know stage that is amazing now okay so you got there and looks like you you got retained earnings. That means you have excess profit that you can roll over. But it's not all rainbows and butterflies. What was the hard shit that you guys had to go through? Because as you scale a business, more money, more problems, man. It's it's never easy. And then exactly. <laughs> how did you then decide to take that on? Like, all right, let's do this full time. Okay. When we had to deliver, mm. you know, the logistics was really hard. <laughs> 
Because there's a hardware component as well in our ah, okay. product. So, uh, we ourselves design. We're not engineers, but we design the <laughs> So, when it got to the play at the the, the school, okay. it's messed up already. So, you had, you had to do some uh, iterations. Okay. And again, as a founder, you need to use your hands. Get your hands dirty. Yep. In a good way. <laughs> no, there's never a no. bad way. You just need to get your hands dirty, whatever that is, right? <laughs> so how did you guys do it? So we we are so we in a way we, we can call ourselves really uh, we are really resourceful. You know, um, you can research how to, you know, it's all in the internet. You can research how to improve your product for you to be. You know, we're we're thinking about being efficient that time for us to lessen down the cost mm -hmm. the opportunity cost we are uh losing uh so that's our goal and then yeah we we figure that along the way nice all right but at, at this point what what was the trigger when you guys decided all right you went from your side hustle and how, how did you decide that all right um let's take this on full time because a lot of startup founders are also start out like this too and that that I recommend is the, the the best way. Before you go all in, cover your bases, especially if you have mouths to feed. Yeah. You know, and especially, you know, um exactly. startup life. Like for example, I'm just gonna give a, a thing. This year, from March all the way till yeah, December, whole nine months when shit hit the fan for Podcast Network Asia, I couldn't get salary. But it's mm. too late. I'm ready all in. Good thing. Mm. I have some other streams of income. It's this podcast. So again, if you're listening to this, thank you so much. You've helped me get through the rain, right? But if I did not have this, I would be forced to look for a job. And mm. that's the beginning and the end because you can only put so much mind, mind power towards one thing, right? This allowed me to be able to get that done. Now, in hindsight, back then, I also did that mistake where I, I'll go all in without any type of fucking side income hustle. And my startup was barely making anything. So the type of deals I was trying to get were desperate in nature, not because I the startup needs it, but it's because I needed it. So it yeah. was really bad. I was taking bad deals and bad deals. I got some money, but in hindsight, it's like, shit, that killed us more than we did, than that it helped, helped us out. Walk me through that decision-making process because there's no, there's nothing wrong with having a day job or a, another income stream yeah. and ha doing your startup on the side until you can find that trigger where you say, okay, I can go on the boat that I built. What was that like for you? Okay. So uh, going back to what uh, I shared a while ago. So I said that, okay, I've got to sell in Manila, right? So we have about, let's say, we have three schools. We were able to make it to six. Nice. So, yeah. Uh, I, I told my brother, uh, we, we discussed again. I think we can leave our, you know, side hustle. If, I, if we can prove it, like, we can double this number. Okay. So in the next year, we'll try to make it 20. So from six to 20. So... If not, then wait lang. <laughs> again, stay, stay the course. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then we did all we did all the things, you know. Um, again, like you said, there's no, you know, a guide or what you can nope. follow. You need to experience it, right? 
<laughs> on the next year, we were able to do make it twenty uh, uh, clients. Nice. So with that, yeah, we said, okay, I think this is it. We can try, you know, um, ask ask for maybe investment now mm-hmm. because we have something to we have something yeah. have we have already. And nine out of ten startups do not even have twenty clients that are paying that are making one million per client. Uh, that that's a lot. There's not a lot of startups that have that um, that that come from the get go. So that's very impressive. But the other thing I wanted to know, because this is something that people don't even uh, uh, realize. Eh? When you decided to take on the job and do this full-time, did you take a pay cut? You don't have to disclose your salary. But because a, a lot of, especially if you're coming from corporate and coming from a cushy job, you know, yeah, uh, salary is what they pay you to forget your dreams. That's what they, what they always say, right? Um, that's it's a, for you to be comfortable and just settle. But if you want to be in control of your own destiny, you're going to have to bet on yourself. But by betting on yourself, mm-hmm. does, and even if you have a sustainable business, it's rare that you get paid your market rate if you're employed. It's rare. It's exactly. not, not, not Everybody takes a fucking pay cut. It's not just a pay cut, a fucking pay cut. Okay? <laughs> that's, a, that's a term. How did you take a pay cut when you, when you did this? And how, what was the lifestyle yeah. adjustment you had to do? Yeah, I'm, you know, um, we'll live very simple lifestyle. Yeah. So as long as, you know, I can eat, rep, pay rent, mm-hmm. we're good with that. Yeah. So that was, that was the thing I had to secure uh, for, for the family, for myself. And um, I had to secure that like, okay, worst, worst things worse mm-hmm. if could fail. You know, like you said, you know, even if you're on that spot, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can still really tell, right? Yeah. If I have, uh, we have like savings in the in the startup that can sustain us for six months. That's a long runway. A lot of startups yeah. now have two, three months or sometimes zero runway. Okay. Yeah. Six months, then we're good. So that's, okay. that's what we planned for. Yeah. Before we, you know, put ourselves really dive into this mm. so you you it's like creating your own emergency fund right they always say that exactly. when you're creating an yeah. emergency fund you should have at least six months of your own salary in there because uh, especially right. if you're gonna go a fund, start a founder you'll take a pay cut and there are months that you can't pay yourself that's where you're gonna really live off of. <laughs> <laughs> that's that thing is bye-bye for sure you know so um, i want to understand now so you you got all distraction right you and you mentioned you decided to take on investment when you decide to take on investment because a lot of startups again are so in love with this notion that ah i have a brilliant idea i have a great team no market validation and i'm going to race some do but it's rare that you do that without pedigree and here it's not pedigree that you're throwing it's pedigree plus results but why what was the yeah. mindset that you guys had when you were uh, fundraising and why were you even fundraising when you were already profitable? Okay. Great question. So when we do it, when we're doing the fundraising, it was not just all about money, okay. but actually we need a person or a group of people who can get us more contracts. Mm. So we need a reliable partner who can, you know, 
get us to the to the years that is coming who will stick with us you know uh who would also mentor us in you know decision making as well so this these are the investors that we we looked into not just the money yeah got it so when you got there how the, uh, what was that event, event pro- fundraising process like is it as easy as blasting emails and uh <laughs> going back with 2 million what was that process for you like and how, okay. what did you learn mine was funny okay how <laughs> Because I was going back and forth in Manila, oh, right? Because nah, I was she can afford to go okay. back and forth now without borrowing money. <laughs> no, but you know, I had to save. We had to save. Okay. So I was looking at in the Facebook or the social media or Google. Yeah. What are events in Manila right now that I can join? That I can, you know, learn and also have the free buffet. What? <laughs> oh wow! There's only yeah. one place. Panset and Lumpia. And that was in Kubo, actually. Yes, there's only that one place. And parking pa. You have parking pa. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> anyway, that, that was just uh, one one of it. But I, I really want to, you know, make use of my time when I'm in other places to really network okay. and look for opportunities. And that's what I did. I was able to get into a pitching event. Nice. And I didn't want, in, want any, you know, uh, place there. Mm. But... I got an investment from that company. Nice. Who is the investor? And how? Libanese. They're Japanese, uh, based in Tokyo. Wow! Oh my God, that is amazing. It's not even local. Okay. Yeah. So when you when you got them, what did you then do? Then and at this point, what was your traction like? Okay, so um, they're also into education, and it's like their first in Philippines also to penetrate. With the things that they have, okay. also, and so we 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 kind of they supported us. This is one thing also. When you talk to an investor, they should be loving your vision and mission as well. Alignment. They, you have, they have to agree with your goal. Correct. That's one thing that you. Uh, I I must say that each and founder should look at also not just the money, nope. but also that okay, who really understands you and. Yeah, um, from there, because I must say we bonded well, from that 20, we were able to go to 100 what? clients. That is why Shor Makalbe keeps flexing you. But when you, okay, here's the thing. A lot of people, a lot of startups want to get hyper growth. But when you went from 20 to 100, did you stay profitable? Yeah, Whoa. definitely yes. Oh my God, I love we it. Stay that way. Holy shit. But how, okay. So what are the things as you scaled, of course, you're going to have to reinvest in the business. You got from 20 to hundred. My God, this is such an amazing, why are, why aren't all these startup investors guys? If you're, if you're part of a fund, I just got you a million dollar startup right here. That, that, that's, uh, uh, that's very much ready for, for investment. But what did you do at that point? Did you keep fundraising or that fundraise that you got from from Japanese investor was enough already to really catapult you to that hyper growth that first uh, round was really a help okay. uh, very big help uh, and then they reinvested on they the following year they followed on yeah and then another also there are other you know um, local investment investors for the other local well. investors that you got uh, one is I guess there you go <laughs> shout out <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So, and then a friend of ours who, who reinvested. Nice. And then, um, actually this year, uh, uh, well, I cannot disclose yet. No, no, okay. Too much. Just say, but there's another one coming. We're, in the, we're ongoing DD for emerging. Whoa. That's our, um, you know, exit congratulations again <laughs> you heard it here first um <laughs> when you heard it again that, that's that's such an amazing uh journey but a lot of people always say that ah the hardest part is when you're trying to validate your startup guys i'm sorry i, I hate to burst your bubble the hardest part is there's there's you think it's the hardest now wait until you scale wait until Right. You start yeah. building a real company. It's a startup, right? At the end of the day, yeah. it's a temporary organization designed to, to find a business right. model. And when you find it, all of a sudden, you, ne- need, you need to turn from being a founder to become a CEO or a proper C-level executive. Exactly. And that's a totally different job. Those are two different jobs. What was that process like now when you have 20 to 100 clients your headcounts are going to change. Your processes are going to change. Shit's going to break. You're going to go crazy. What was that process like? Okay. So, it was really pain. <laughs> <laughs> People always you know, think that when you're a CEO, you're just going to do perma perma. Hell no. What are you talking about? No. You know, you have to take care about employee issues, oh, like dismissal, fighting. Man. You know, these sort of things. Taxes, man, a lot. Yep. Like, boom, eventually your prob- problem at point was, again, you mentioned validating mm. for customers. And then eventually, boom, enemies from all around. Yep. Front, side, Now behind. you have a target in your back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even, you know, internally, you get to fight. Mm-hmm. So it's really, you know, chaotic. And it was really hard for me, uh, for us as well, because again, I I didn't had any you know corporate experience, yes. so I I got into this right away, and I I really had to you know took uh, more time, extra mile to study things, yeah. you know, read books, join some classes to you know to learn these corporate things. Yeah. Uh, right now we're you know from employing two part times. Now we have a hundred holy shit in Philippines and in Indonesia. So like uh it's really crazy, man. Yeah, I know. And then again, that that's company building and the rule of I always talk about it in other podcasts, especially in founders only. Um Patrick Gentry of Sprout says that there the rule the rule of three and ten kicks in. Every time your company uh, multiplies in multiples of threes and tens, whatever you think is working, everything will break. Because now everything, right. when when you start out, everything's direct one down, easy, right? But all of a sudden, you're gonna have two to three layers down. You don't even know who employee number fifty five is, right? It's like who is that? I don't know him, right? You don't have, you don't get to form that relationship. So whatever culture you built, you're gonna have to now start hiring HR because you can't do that right. as a founder anymore. You there just it becomes a very complex machine very quickly. Yeah. And if you're not prepared for it, and majority of them are not, uh, of us are not prepared for it, you're gonna falter and you're gonna you're gonna go crazy. But um, I, I want to understand. So you, 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 the approach you took was you got into again reading books. So you're a self learner anyway. But did you also seek advice? 
um, from people uh, that would have helped? And what was the type of advice you got as you uh, got all these um, brand new challenges that you've never encountered before? So one thing, you cannot do all of it. You need people. So you need people that you can trust uh, to be part of your leadership team. That, you know, because one thing really, like one, one just one crucial problem is really maintaining the quality of service or the product that you are, you know, providing to your customers. Correct. Or if not, you know, your churn will go high, high and high and then would kill you, definitely. Mm-hmm. So that was, this is one topic that uh, I can say that is very crucial for, you know, in scaling. Yep. And like when you were doing it, at, at, at the start a startup uh, on your early stage you were doing it good because you're the one who did it right mm-hmm. but you know passing your knowledge or how you were able to do it to others is a different thing so you really need a team a leadership team a people that you can work with mm-hmm. and then multiply yourself that's what we call the you delegate and you elevate these people for them to do uh, to continue your vision and mission for the company. Sounds good. All right. Now let's hear our last break. And when we come back, we will now further deploy and also discuss how you're able to create, the, create that team, the middle management team and the manager and systems you put in and how you kept growing well. And also talk about your other startup where you're broke technologies. We'll talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprouts Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes, all the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll in HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. 20 hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named Fintech of the Year at last year's Philippine Fintech Festival in 2020. 
So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer. Trust DragonPay. And we're back from the break. We are still with JV Field and told us an amazing, amazing story of how they did it. Again, this is another homegrown hero that we are talking about. Uh, this is, you know, not this is who we I, I actually have a bias to root for. The Nel Ligos of the world, the JVPS of the world. You know, because I'm like you guys. The only difference is again, you guys had access. But imagine how many more local founders that are like you that are out there but just don't have access. Hopefully hustle shares the the, the, the easy path to get there, but we need to go an extra effort to really reach out and and start planting these seeds, the, that inception that, oh, maybe I can do it. And if you don't have access to that, maybe you know the path forward is to work for a startup first to see how they did it, right? Right. And then eventually, when you're ready, be your own, okay? But JV, what I want to understand now, so again, you prior to the break, you told us, the process of going from, again, 1 to 10. Or no, not 10. 10 to 100 at this point. And I want to understand the type of people. You mentioned that you wanted to delegate. You had to surround yourself. But who are the key hires you had to build in order to stabilize it? Because there are certain... When you keep growing past, guys, shit breaks. All of a sudden, you don't even know why people hate each other, why people hate you. All of a sudden, So that was alien to me because when, when my team was small... It was so, we were all in sync. But all of a sudden, there's this false narratives. All of a sudden, I'm like, this is alien. And it will fuck up with your, with your, with your, with your head as well, right? There, there are going to be problems like, shit, how do you even get through this? But again, the best way to do it is to get great hires that's, that fit in. Aside from the founding team, what did you surround yourself with, with the right ma- middle managers or managers to stabilize and also... Be consistent with how you guys uh, build stuff in Wella. Okay. So the people that we are working with now are, you know, uh, we need to make sure that they're really good at what they do. Okay. So like, if you were a founder doing all this stuff, selling, making the product, do all this, you know, as I said, you wear many hats. Yep. You need to break down those hats into... Different departments. Job descriptions. Technically. Yeah. They need to be, you know, they, they, they will be your, you know, sword and shield to your, to really, you know, rally you to right. the next thing that you, you plan to do. So you need to have these people who are really skilled, focused, mm-hmm. and, you know, um, it's really into their responsibility or I don't want to say a job, mm-hmm. but their responsibility. Or accountability in that in that particular role, and also, like for us to form this, we need mentors or advisors externally okay. to mentor us to how we we're gonna form this management or leadership team. Mm. So we we also did that. So we have a company who's helping us as well, nice. doing that. All right. Now, but aside from that, again, you're gonna have to all of a sudden be a C C suite executive, right? What the, what were the new, what is the metamorphosis of you uh, as becoming from a founder to a CEO or a CTO, whatever you want to call yourself, um, become, right? How did that transform? What 
what what were the new layers of leadership you had to then do as your problems became more complex? One thing is you need to change your communication, mm. how you communicate right. with people. So definitely, you know, you need to set some boundaries as well. You know, like uh, unlike before, you tend to be like, uh, you know, parang barkada lang or what. And even how you communicate with, you know, partners or like that, you really need to change how you, you know, present yourself or how you communicate. Right. May it be internally with your members and you know externally. So that's one thing. Other than that, actually, is I've learned about you know just one thing. Maybe is you know I've gone through that program to learn about the seven habits of successful know, people. Of you, yeah, highly effective people. Yeah. So you really need to understand as well. One thing that I've learned from there is understanding what others are you know feeling or thinking or talking. Before you uh, just say something towards them, Correct. so you need to hear them as well, so that you know they can have this sense of let's say freedom of speech in the company as well. That is amazing, right? Look at you, CEO material <laughs> uh, as well. But again, um, after this now, so you went from one hundred. Talk about uh, the expansion to Indo and why Indo, because that's a totally different beast. We did that also a few years ago in Podcast Network Asia, and we do it. We did it during the pandemic. I never actually got to see my team in Indo. We we had a oh. dude. It was so hard. It's like my god, <laughs> middle of pandemic. We're expanding in Indo. I think uh, there's only a handful of us that actually went there. Uh, the first one that I know of is Caliber, and they're killing it in Indonesia. I think we followed mm. suit, and then Mel Nava, uh, one export, also went there, and you, right, uh, Filipinos in Indonesia. So, um, what was that process like and how did you and why why did you decide to go to Indo? I think we go back to the access mm. that we we're talking about. One thing I've learned, you may not be able to use this access now, but later It'll on you can. So we got inquiries organic from Indonesia. Nice. So I was like, okay, why are we getting this? Um I may want to, you know, you're near look into now, it. you're in Mindanao na. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then surprisingly, uh, when I was doing the my uh, game dev journey before, I met Indonesian friends there. Nice. So they 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 became, you know, my access now mm. to learn further about Indonesia. So through them, they 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 taught me about the hiring process, how the things here, you know, the work ethic, the culture, and even a little on the market nice. side as well. So these are the things that why we were able to get into Indonesia now. Nice. That's amazing. Now, okay. How was the process coming in? It's not easy because man, uh, I know the process not easy and it's not cheap either. Yeah, it was, one is really the hiring. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, <laughs> yeah. I think it's the uh, one is language as well yep. that uh, you need to have someone who can, if not fluently, at least 90% good, yeah. who can talk to you in English for you to have a good communication, definitely. Correct. So you need that one person that you can, you know, trust with that and trust the, for him to be the, in the leadership. And then from there, um, 
you can then further hire more people. But uh, actually, it I've, as I've mentioned a while ago, the hiring process in the hiring process, I was helped. I uh, was um, the my Indonesian friend helped me with that as well. Yep. So it was really a good push already or a starting point for my end. And uh, the second thing actually is about registering there in local. Ah. Because we are B two B. Yes. <laughs> but uh, just this year. Uh, I mean, this month, officially, we are registered in Indonesia. Very nice. Congratulations. For, to, for us to do, you know, because we are B2B kind of business. Nice. All right. But okay. So now you went there and you mentioned earlier, we went uh, went from 100 now to 200, right? 200 things. Is there anything that changed in the product of how you built it and how, how you do things differently? Of course, there's going to be massive improvements knowing that you're a dev, right? But what was the biggest uh, product improvement that you guys built over these past few years? Okay. So one thing that uh, we we really are looking into now because we are in ed, ed tech, right? Yep. So we kind of, one thing that is added to our services or product is actually on the fintech side. Mm-hmm. So we are now more on the transactional, uh, like, uh, collecting tuition payments mm-hmm. like that. So we have a, a vision here that it could really scale mm-hmm. our, you know, our numbers of revenue with this, uh, with this products that we are putting into. That is amazing. Okay. But again, you, you just don't like it easy, no? Right. You also created another startup called Brookie Technologies and you're doing this side by side with Wella. What's Brookie and uh, is this a totally different uh, co-foundership that you have? And what are you guys building there? So it's totally different. Mm-hmm. So it's in real estate. Oh my God. Another <laughs> different, hard market. Different, mm-hmm. Definitely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's actually co-founded with Elroy and Steph. So mm-hmm. they're into the real estate industry. Okay. Steph is the uh, registered broker so she and also she owns they own a reality so nice. they finance own stuff here so on the side my part here is to impart how we did the operations and well uh, and nice. you know, apply it as well and also the technology that we have here as well and well that's amazing so to share it well when you come in here of course you now have the cheat code right because but but people don't understand right whether it's a failure or a win because you're going to go through pain regardless. The only difference is yeah. the outcome. You're always going to be a better person, right? You realize that every single failure, every single painful process that you went through makes you better, right? You know how to, you know, you know now how to react to things and whatnot. When you get to Brookie and you said you're already coming in with the experience from Wella, it's not zero to one anymore. You have the cheat code, right? What are those, those things that you implemented very fastly that they've learned from, from Wella that you applied in Brookie? Definitely, it's about the customer validation. There you go. <laughs> there, no, there's he, really... Easier not to go to Manila also, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that as well, mm-hmm. definitely. And Round yeah, trip right that's... away, no need to buy it. To, you know, and go to a fancy <laughs> hotel pa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got it. So, yeah, that's actually number one. Mm-hmm. It's really about validating if there's... How... how If there's big... If there's a market and... If there is... How big it is, okay. if it's worth it or it's enough for it to you know take it to the next level. 
So that's one thing that uh, we've learned here and we, we've passed on to. That is amazing. All right. Now, again, how what's the, what's the progress that you guys did in Brookie also over the past few years? Oh, okay. Um, so we have about uh, 10 real estate developers. Nice. In uh, Yeah. Uh, it's profitable as well. Nice. Look at that. <laughs> and um, so right now we are working on a different uh, app, an extension to it to further, you know, expand its market size. Mm-hmm. So that's what we've been working on for like a year now. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we can fully launch it by by next year as well. All right. Last question before I let you go. Again, not not a lot of homegrown founders um, get access and even see the pinnacle of success. But here you are, a role model now um, to a lot of uh, founders that are coming from the province. What would be your advice for those founders that are trying to follow in your footsteps? And um, what would be the first steps that, or first few steps you'd like them to do? Okay, actually, I have mentor and join you know different events with this startup thing uh pitch made be innovation yep. one thing is in common like nine out of ten of them doesn't know or you didn't need to know but one thing they they should really you know get into their mind is they need to learn how to sell yep <laughs> that's one thing because right now it's like more of you know, creating this product from their idea. But the question there is that, do you know how to sell it? Do you know, you know, where you will sell it? And if, you know, there would be somebody who would really pay you some bucks for giving service. So that's one thing, number one, that I can really give an advice. You need to learn at least basics of, Selling your product. Absolutely. Because it's hard to hustle when you don't know how to make money. Amazing, amazing episode. Thank you again, JB. Such an amazing episode. I'm a big fan now. I was already very intrigued when Short told me about you. But when you you told me what you do and what you guys are capable of, I am super, I'm now a super fan and I'm rooting for you. But before I let you go, invite people over to check out what you guys do in Wella and in Brookie. Yeah, sure. Um, you can visit our website. Uh, for Wella, it's www.wella.online. Mm-hmm. And for Brookie, uh, it's www.brookie.io. So you can check it out uh, our services and uh, you know, features there. And our milestones, we, we also post it right. in our website. If they want to reach out to you, where do they go and how do they do that? You can do it. Uh, you can look into me in LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So John Vincent Pale. Mm-hmm. So you can message or add me, connect with me in LinkedIn. All right. Again, thank you very much, JB. But before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any type of podcast app. And if you did see some jargon that you want to check out all the notes or links that the JB just mentioned today, you can find them on the show notes on hustleshare.com. And if you, again, big thank you to our premium supporters, Angelo Lee, uh, Gab Abbott, and all the other guys that also support us, like uh, Gentry Fund and more. You can be a supporter like them. So again, help us make this uh, uh, turn into a, a better podcast. Next year, we're going to turn five years already. Imagine five years of my annoying voice in your head. Oh my God, right? But again, it's, it's gonna be, uh, there's going to be more and more startups 
just like JV there. And again, if you want to support us, you can go to premium.hustleshare.com. Again, JV, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. Thank you.